All right, let's jump back into the CP rail strike situation. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about how it's affecting Canada, and no question it is, but it's causing concern on the other side of the border, too. Remember all the fuss uh, when the Windsor border crossing was shut down and how um, we talked to a number of guests who said this is really having a major impact on how we're seen as a trading partner with the United States. Can we be relied upon? Uh, well, now they're having the exact same conversations. We have a delegation that's actually in the U.S. Capitol today, uh, and uh, these business leaders say right now they're in damage control mode because of the work stoppage at CP Rail. Um, Goldie Hyder is president and CEO of the Business Council of Canada, says the U.S. lawmakers and their counterparts, even White House officials, have been worried for weeks about this possible labor dispute. He says the damage to Canada's reputation could be lasting, coming as it does right on the heels of last month's week-long shutdown of the Ambassador Bridge. So uh, this is not a good look. Where does it go? We're knowing it's having it's a big impact within the borders of our country. It's a mess. Let's chat with Ofer Barron now, who's a professor and academic director at the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Business. Professor, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Hi, uh, thank you for uh, having me. I think it's pretty tough to sort of overstate just how dire this situation is, right? I mean, this is a massive, massive problem for our country right now. Uh, yes, and uh, it comes on uh, on the heels of uh, previous problems, as you mentioned, and uh, many so many previous problems that it's hard to count all of them. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, they just go up when you see the list of trade industry groups and uh, different you know business groups that have come together to ask the federal government to do something. It's approaching 50 different groups now. Um, what, where do you think the biggest impact will be felt the soonest because of what we're going through right now? Well, I think if you go over this top 50 uh, list of groups, the, probably uh, the top ones would be the ones that uh, were mentioned uh, in the short uh, news now with respect to uh, grain and uh, cattle feed, right? Those yeah. are probably probably the largest impact, immediate impact. Yeah, those ones we're talking about, you know, affecting immediately in, in, in really, really bad ways. Um Long term, how does that, I mean, we know supply chains have been an issue for a very, very long time leading up to this. They've already been, you know, stretched to capacity. So how how badly will this affect things long term, do you think? I think there's um, one more important um, part here is that uh, the situation in uh, Ukraine and the uh, uh, war between Russia and Ukraine currently also limits uh, their... Um, export of uh, grains so the global trade of grains is kind of uh, in in on shaky ground to begin with yeah adding this uh, canada is also a large grain producer uh, adding issues with our grain produce production and um, supply chain to that is uh, certainly not something that is uh, blessed uh, by the given the global situation we're seeing a lot of pressure from these groups on the federal government to intervene and, and uh, declare rail service essential and remove the right to strike. Um, is that something that you think this situation rises to that level? Is this something that needs government intervention? Um, I, uh, I, it's a very good question. Luckily, I'm not a politician, so I don't yeah. need to play this game. <laughs> but um, I think... Uh, the, I, I like the prospect that you put on it in terms of how do we look outside of the country and also given how problematic the supply chain management issues uh, in 
Canada and globally have been over the last, you know, two and something years due to COVID and other uh, interruptions. So I think the, it, it may be a close call, but I can certainly see this uh, happening. Uh, and you, you compared it to the um, bridge blockade. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, one or two days is fine when it becomes two or three months, it's obviously not fine, right? So where, where, is, the, where is the right place of how much uh, of a strike should be allowed and when, when it becomes an essential service that may harm the country economy and reputation too much is really for people to think about. But it is certainly a legitimate question in my mind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're in a position now, when we take a look at CP Rail, just them being off for, I don't know, let's say, it's, it's a day and a half now. Let's say it extends to three days or a week. Um, how how much of an impact does that have when we talk about removing CP Rail from what they do for the Canadian economy? Yeah, so every day obviously is uh, more and more impact. And one of the things that happens uh, when you uh, close capacity, any any type of capacity in general, is that you create some backlog of things. And... Uh, Hopefully, then, when you op- reopen capacity, you can eat through this backlog quickly. Mm-hmm. But as you said, given supply chains are already very stretched, their ability to reduce backlog is uh, much more limited than in um, pre-pandemic days. So every day like this may take, you know, two or three days uh, then to overcome, uh, and uh, especially uh, the longer it becomes, the the worse there was the interruption that we see. There's one more point that I think is probably more related to your previous question. Uh, I looked a little bit about kind of the last negotiations uh, between the rail and the union. And I think over the last 20 years, they they had one negotiation which was successful. All of the others have failed. So it's, I know, maybe eight, nine, 10 negotiations over 20 years, I'm not sure. And I think this is the heart of the problem. Basically, the fact that those two parties cannot get to an agreement uh, in a consistent fashion, this is the main issue that if I would be a politician, I would try to pay attention to. Um, When it comes to the Canadian consumer, those of us sort of sitting back watching all of this and not really being involved in any way, ultimately it's going to affect us, right? Whenever something like this happens, the bottom line is prices go up. Yes, prices goes up, and uh, if if I mention backlog, it means uh, you know uh, shelf that maybe yeah. filled a little bit less quickly than typical. So you may have to wait some, some for some stuff a little bit longer, and certainly a price increase again not something that is welcomed by our economy that is probably already facing some uh, inflation at least given the numbers we've seen over the last few months and the situation in the states, for example. Any idea um, where we might see? shortages showing up in some supplies or price increases first? Where would that hit us first? Well, I go back to the grain and beef. I mean, yep. right? If, yeah. if, uh, if, if there's no um, uh, feed for cattle, we, we can see issues with, uh, with uh, beef and uh, shortage of beef. I think the cattle industry had faced it is, its um, uh, tough situations over the last few years with... Uh, with COVID, with uh, med cow disease, with uh, um, the the flooding of the Excel factory, I know ten years ago. So it's it's another hit and another hit and another yeah. hit, and this is something that uh, now with supply chain kind of very tight, I'm not sure how well they can uh, deal with uh, this 
unnecessary disruption. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it's just the absolute worst timing. Uh, Ofer, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. That is Ofer Barron, who's a professor and academic director at the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Business.